Welcome, everyone, to our um, nine o'clock service. Um, just a couple of notices. Uh, for those of you who weren't able to make Duncan's funeral yesterday, um, there's some lovely bookmarks to commemorate him, and there's some left here. So if you didn't get one yesterday, um, please come and get one after the service. And there's also a very um, lovely display outside showing photographs of Duncan's life and his interests. Um, so please have a look at that as well. Um, the other notice is that we have Asa here with uh, two of her Danish friends. And um, at quarter to 10, um, they are leaving us to fly to Denmark. So they've got to get to Manchester for their flight. Um, Asa, as some of you will know, for many years has ministered to a group of ladies out in North Denmark, is it? In, in a very rural area. And she's going out there to uh, complete the work she started a few months ago and then had to come home because she was poorly. So shall we pray for Asa and her two friends? Um, so Lord, we uh, lift Asa and her two lovely Danish friends before you. Father, firstly, we pray that they will have a, a good trip to Manchester Airport and that everything will go smoothly as they um, join their flight and land in Denmark. And then, uh, Lord, for the journey onward to the area they're going to. And Lord, we pray that the time of ministry um, will have your blessing on it, that Asa will be anointed by you to share the good news of Christ with the ladies who are going to gather. So give them your peace and your presence as they journey and as they minister. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stand and sing our first hymn, which is Immortal, Invisible, God, Only Wise. Chris.
please be seated. The Lord be with you. We say together the prayer of preparation. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Lord, have mercy. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolve to keep God's commandments, and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate faults. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's say together, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. So we're continuing our sermon series on unanswered prayer today, and Peter is going to preach. Do we have someone who is going to read this morning? I couldn't see anyone on the list. Would anyone like to read Mark 15, 33 and 34? Thank you, John. It's only two verses. 
moment, please, while I turn it up. <clears throat> so we're on Good Friday. We're at the cross. And Mark tells us that at noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Let's pray for Peter as he comes up to give us God's word. So, Father, we pray for Peter as he shares with us what God has given him to say this morning. Lord, we ask that you will anoint him as he speaks and that we will have ears to hear what you have to say to us today. Amen. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Just a couple of disclaimers right at the start of uh, what I'm going to say. Uh, me, uh, being Mothering Sunday, the, I realize the topic isn't particularly Mothering Sunday friendly. Uh, and, uh, and yet we are, as Ursula said, we are we're looking at this series called uh, Unanswered Prayer. It's based on, on the book also by Pete Gregg called God on Mute. And uh, it is uh, the series we're looking at as we go through this season of Lent, so, but it's not particularly Mothering Sunday friendly, I realise that. Um, the other uh, thing is, is essentially, it's a limit as to what I can cover, what we can think about in, in a 15-minute talk on what is probably the hardest question that faces humanity. Uh, so uh, just bear with us, bear with me, uh, as we think about the question, why aren't my prayers being answered? Uh, two weeks ago when uh, we were away, uh, Ursula preached on the second of the series, and that was uh, based on the question, how am I going to get through this? And that was Maundy Thursday, the, the thinking behind that particular question. And the focus there really was on the anguish of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And today we're going to be thinking about Good Friday and ask the question, why am I suffering? Why am I going through this? Why is God letting this happen to me? And those are far from easy questions, aren't they? These are questions of deep human, human pain, deep human searching for answers, when those answers are not easily found and sometimes never found. And our starting place as we explore this huge topic has to be the cross of Christ. As Jesus hung on the cross, Scripture tells us here in Mark chapter 15, at noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those words of Jesus echo through 
eternity. And they reverberate down the centuries. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Jesus, in fact, is quoting a psalm. He's quoting the 22nd psalm, 20, Psalm 22, verse 1, which says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Yes, indeed, Jesus was forsaken. Jesus utters a prayer from the cross, and there comes back silence. No answer from God. This is one of the unanswered prayers of Jesus. He was not only forsaken by the crowd who on Palm Sunday shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then only a few days later are crying out, crucify him, crucify him. He's also forsaken by the religious leaders. These religious leaders stir up the crowd against him and have Jesus arrested and condemned. Not only that, he's also forsaken by his friends, his, his, his own disciples. And so when Jesus needs them the most, they scatter and run and are nowhere to be found. But none of that is comparable to what he experiences when, on the cross, he is forsaken by God. And this is the deep mystery of the cross. It's also a pain that we will never have to face. Yes, God's may, God may sometimes feel absent from our lives, but he has promised always to be with us. But for Jesus, he died forsaken by God. Max Lucado, a prolific author, <coughs> writes in one of his books this, the most gut-wrenching cry of abandonment and loneliness in history came not from a prisoner or a widow or from a dying patient. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? No, it came from the skull hill of Calvary. The Apostle Paul uh, gives us the answer for what was happening during that supernatural time of darkness. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, this. He, God, made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so in that horrendous three hours of darkness, Jesus was made sin for us, for you and for me. Maybe if we're honest, and we are honest with ourselves for a moment and, and honest with each other, we are shocked that Jesus, hanging on the cross, cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These are words that we as polite and respectable Christians try to avoid saying. We try to put on a mask, and I can't help it think of the irony of that with all the, the COVID pandemic we've been going through, but we try to put on a mask, don't we, sometimes, and pretend that all is well. Yet here we have Jesus Christ, as he hangs on the cross, voicing those very words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Jesus, as he is on that cross, has been rejected by everyone. Family, friends, disciples, maybe even God. But notice what he didn't do. He didn't smile at the crowds around him and say, I have faith that God will take care of me. He didn't try to pretend. He wasn't feeling, uh, he, he shows what he's feeling. He's not, he's not pretending that he's going through pain. He's going through a pain that we will never know. He was true on the outside to what was going on in on the inside. There was no mask with Jesus on the cross. There was no fake smile. Only this voice of utter anguish that we will never be able to fathom as he cries, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And what do the crowds do? They misunderstand him. If you read uh, Mark 15, it's there quite clearly. Uh, they misunderstand him. They think he is Elijah of old. And so they, run, they try and uh, give him a drink, thinking that he's Elijah. And what does God the Father do? God the Father does hear the cry of his son. He hears the pain and the complaints and the desolation of his own son. But notice, he doesn't chastise his son. He doesn't zap him and say, well, why didn't you trust me more? He doesn't challenge Jesus' lack of faith. Because at the very moment that Christ is on the cross, he is in the very center of God's will. Not that he's ever been out of God's will, but he is, as he hangs on the cross, he is at the center of the will of God, and yet God is absent. And yet, he's still in the center of God's will. This is a mystery that we can never fathom. In the unanswered prayer course, which I, I do hope you're following in your home group, um, it's, it's a great course. Pete Gray points out three <clears throat> really helpful things we need to consider when it comes to thinking this very big, very uh, complex and challenging question of why aren't my prayers being answered. And he says it's to do with three things. He says it's God's world, God's will, and God's war. God's world, God's will, and God's war. Now, those, those don't, they don't cover everything uh, to do with this, this question. Um, and sometimes we just need to hold our hands up and say, we just don't know, we don't get it, we don't understand. And that's fine, because we can't understand everything to do with this question of unanswered prayer. But they do help us to begin to get our heads around what's going on. Firstly, let's think about God's world. God has established certain laws of nature and he's established certain moral laws to govern the way things are in the universe. So God has made the world in a, in a complex way, in a mind-blowingly complex way and also a breathtakingly beautiful way in a way that 
means the world works. It is, it's miraculous when we think about it and begin to think about how the world works, how the universe works, uh, and, and the ways that the laws of nature govern the ways of, of the way the world is. So just think of the law of gravity. Uh, without the law of gravity, we would simply float off into space. Uh, or think about the way that the, the, the world, the Earth, moves in orbit around the sun, and the way the moon is in orbit around the Earth as we are in orbit around the sun. It, it, the, the, the universe is, is fantastically complex, and yet sometimes we just take it all for granted. So how does that make a difference to our prayers? Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Well, most of the time, it, it, it's as if, and it is, I think, that God sort of sits back and lets nature take its course. Most of the time, for most of the seven billion inhabitants of this earth, the world works quite well. And the thing is, a miracle, by its definition, is not normal. A miracle, by its definition, is an exception to the norm. C.S. Lewis said this, the very conception of a common and therefore stable world demands that miracles should be extremely rare. So miracles are rarer than perhaps we think they should be or rarer than perhaps some preachers make them out to be. But still, still the question comes back to us and, and we still ask, well, why doesn't Jesus heal more people today? Why doesn't Jesus stop the war in the Ukraine? Why doesn't Jesus step in and stop diseases like COVID or cancer? Well, of course, sometimes Jesus does heal today. And he does sometimes step in. But we also need to consider two other factors that come into play in this sphere. And they are God's will and God's war. So let's think about God's will. If you've got a Bible around uh, around and about it's John chapter 14 I'm just going to refer to uh, briefly uh, there are Bibles around if you want to look it up so John chapter 14 and uh, verse 12 first of all and, and here Jesus says this very truly I tell you all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Wow, that's something, isn't it? They will do even greater things than these. And yet we then sometimes fail to read the verses that follow on from that because then Jesus says in verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So Jesus says we need to pray in his name. And then he drives the point home, he reiterates that, and he says in verse 14, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So there's the promise there, isn't there? The promise of, of greater things. You will do even greater things than these, says Jesus. And yet there's a condition linked to the promise. And Jesus reiterates that condition. So the promise, which is the greater things, 
is conditional, conditional on us praying in the name of Jesus. In other words, it's about lining up what we want with the mind of God. Okay, but how do we know the mind of God? God is God. Well, think about it for a moment. And think about a friend of yours. Just think about any friend of yours. How do you get to know your friend? My guess is you spend time with them. You get to know them better. You understand them better as you spend time with them. So, for example, uh, I've been married to Debbie nearly 25 years. And uh, there are things I know about Debbie now that I didn't know about her when I first got to know her. That's just the way it is, isn't it, with when you're getting to know somebody else. Uh, you, get to know, you get to know what they like, what they don't like, you know, how they might react in, in, in different situations. Uh, so one very silly example, when I first was getting to know Debbie, um, I, uh, I, I cooked her a meal. And I was thinking, well, what, what can I give her to drink? I know lemonade. And what can I, give, uh, what can I do for a dessert? I know a lemon meringue pie. Little did I know that she hates lemons. <laughs> so it's the worst thing to give a lemonade and lemon meringue pie. So I wouldn't do that now. I don't, I don't give a lemonade because she hates it. And the same is true with God. We, we need to spend intentional time with God to get to know him better. And so we do that in prayer. We do that in meditation, in, in Bible study, Bible meditation. Spending time also with those who know God well. There's a lot more to be said on that. Uh, and I'd encourage you to watch the, the video that, that uh, goes with this session because uh, Pete Gregg goes on and, more, and says more, which, is, which I can't do today. So God's world, God's will, and finally God's war. The Bible clearly teaches us that some of our prayers aren't answered because we're in a battle zone. We're living in that time frame between the cross and the second coming of Christ. And so we suffer sometimes what we might call collateral damage. Because sometimes we're the targets of what's, of what's coming our way. Sometimes. And, and the Bible gives us some really interesting examples of this. So uh, Daniel, Daniel prays uh, very powerful prayers and yet his prayers are delayed. So Daniel chapter 10 uh, describes that, where an angel of the Lord appears to Daniel and says, well, I, I've not been able to, to get to you because there's a heavenly battle going on. And so your prayers have been delayed. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter writes this, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Uh, at the Alpha course last Tuesday, we were thinking about this. And we were thinking about the reality of spiritual warfare. There's clearly evil in the world. It's, it's a reality, isn't it, of of evil in the world. And so we need to partner with God and wage war against the evil one as we pray and as we stand firm, even if it seems as if our prayers are not being answered. 
at least in the way we want them to be. And so we need to fight with God against the enemy, not expending energy fighting against God. But as I come to a close, let's go back to the cross of Christ. C.S. Lewis captured what happened on the cross in a poem called Love's As Warm As Tears. And in that poem, the final stanza says this. Love's as hard as nails. Love is nails. Blunt. Thick. Hammered through the medial nerves of one who, having made us, knew the thing he had done. Seeing with all that is our cross and his. In a moment we're going to listen to the song by Matt Redman called Blessed Be Your Name. And during that song I invite you to come before God and simply to say to him, Lord, I don't always understand you, but I choose to put my trust in you. So let's finish now with a prayer of relinquishment, a prayer of surrender. And this prayer was written by George MacDonald. It's not an easy prayer, but you may want to just put your hands out as a sign of, of being open to God as, as, we, as I pray this prayer. So let's pray. Afresh, O Lord, I seek thee. Lead me once more, I pray, even should it be against my will, thy way. Let me not feel thee foreign any hour, or shrink from thee as an estranged power. Through doubt, through faith, through bliss, through stark dismay. Through sunshine, wind, or snow, or fog, or shower, draw me to thee, who art my only day. Amen. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name.
Peter. Let's move on in our service with our prayers of intercession. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, could you respond with, hear our prayer? Lord, in your mercy, hear So let's pray together. On this Mothering Sunday, we pray for mothers 
who have given life and love, and for all who take a mother's role. May we show them our thanks and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all the refugees who have fled the war in Ukraine, may the people of Europe see the face of Christ in each of them and support them in their search for a life of peace and freedom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the grace of forgiveness, that we will be open to God's free and generous forgiveness and strive to forgive others as we ourselves have been forgiven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who are ill, that God's renewing love will strengthen and comfort all who are facing surgery or who are in hospital. Lord, in your mercy, hear For those of our community who are grieving, may God bring them from the darkness of grief to the dawn of new life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our in a wonderful manner, Lord God, you reconciled humankind to yourself through your only Son, the Eternal Word. Grant that your Christian people may press on towards Easter with a lively faith and ready hearts. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we're going to say the creed together, if you would like to stand if you're able. So we say together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead 
and the life of the world to come. Amen. Before we sing our song um, before communion, let's offer each other a sign of peace. So Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. Let's offer each other a sign of peace, being mindful that COVID is still around in our community. Chris is going to lead us in our song before communion. Lord, I come before your throne of grace. Thank you, Chris.
and we're using Eucharistic prayer E. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and you love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels, praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again, he praised you, gave it to them, and said, Drink this all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross, bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favor on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven, through Christ and with Christ and in Christ. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread.
draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Please come forward as um, the steward will direct and uh, as usual we will retain the bread and wine and take it back to our seats so that we can all eat and drink together.
the body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. And the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Before we say our prayer after communion, let's remember those of our fellowship who are in great need of our prayer at the moment. And so, Father, we name before you in each of our hearts and we lift before you those of our fellowship who are grieving or who are in hospital, who can't be with us because of frailty or because they're in residential care. And Lord, we particularly name Margaret Headley and Claire. For these two and for all these folk that we're naming in our hearts, Lord, may they know your peace and your presence with them. And Lord, may they have a glimpse of the joy that being one of the community of Christians, one of the believers in you can bring. Lord, bring them hope where there might be despair. Lord, bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Chris is going to lead us in our final song. Thank you, Chris.
As, as you leave um, this morning, um, Peter would like to offer each of the ladies a chocolate to celebrate Mothering Sunday. Uh, so your turn will come, gentlemen. <laughs> Let's, uh, let me pray a final blessing over us. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve our Lord.